Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topics, Isaias update and onion salmonella alert. How does this happen anyway? Sit back and relax and enjoy today's Daily Bolt. Okay, so we are going to start off first with Tropical Storm Isaias. And uh, just update you on it if you haven't been following it today. It is about 50 miles or so east-southeast of Cape Canaveral. And it has made a slight turn. It's no longer moving uh, uh, <clears throat> northwestward. It is moving north-northwest at about 9 miles per hour. And this is a very slow turn that's been expected for days uh, as it's approaching uh, a, an area of uh, upper level low pressure that is advancing from west to east across the U.S. continent. And is, it is on the periphery of what we call an upper level high level high pressure area or ridge. Uh, which is centered over the Western Atlantic. Both of those are steering this storm, so it's making a gradual turn, uh, still approaching the coast of Florida, but it looks very unlikely that it's going to come on shore, either on the Florida coastline or the Georgia coastline uh, over the next 24 hours. Uh, I have just posted on the podcast group the latest uh, best track. It looks like the storm is going to, as it makes this very gradual turn, uh, stay offshore of Florida, Georgia, and most of the South Carolina coast. Uh, overnight, uh, Monday night into Tuesday early morning, uh, it, the best possible track we have based on the various prediction models, and the, the track forecast is very tightly clustered uh, amongst all these models, so there is a very high probability that we will see Isaias come ashore as a strong tropical storm uh, somewhere around 2 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, uh, somewhere in the uh, northernmost coastal areas of South Carolina, the Merck Beach area, or perhaps slightly farther north in the southeasternmost coastal areas of North Carolina, south of Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, there's a very uh, good probability that it will come ashore somewhere in that vicinity uh, overnight, uh, Monday night, uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, right now, the storm, uh, today it lost a little bit more intensity early in the day and it has regained some of it as it is now starting to feel the effects of the warmer ocean water. Also, as it makes this turn, the wind shear that we've been talking about, that it's been experiencing, is actually aligning itself more with the storm motion and it becomes a little less of a factor. Uh, it's still a factor, uh, but it no longer will dominate the effect of the warm ocean waters underneath. And so Isaias is expected to maintain approximately its current intensity with maybe a couple of wobbles uh, pretty much all the way until landfall uh, Monday night, uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, <clears throat> but it does look like it's going to stay, the center is going to stay offshore. The strongest winds will stay offshore, but there have been reports along the Florida East Coast, the Southeast Coast in particular, now coming into the Central Coast, of tropical storm force uh, winds, uh, both sustained and wind gusts. 
Uh, so there will be power. There will be probably some down power lines. There probably will be uh, a fair bit of uh, palm fronds and other tree damage. Uh, probably not a whole lot in terms of major damage. And the good news so far is that most of the heavy precipitation that's associated with the storm has also stayed offshore. So the uh, effect of heavy downpours of rain has been minimized so far. There will be storm surge effects as it goes up the coast. And again, those storm surges are expected to be on the order of anywhere from about one foot to as much as four feet. So some coastal flooding is still expected with this particular storm. Once it goes inland on Tuesday, it's expected to stay inland uh, for a good chunk of the daylight hours on Tuesday. It may emerge across Chesapeake Bay late in the afternoon uh, and continue to uh, accelerate northeastward as it heads up uh, into uh, the Mid-Atlantic, New England, and into the Canadian Maritimes. Uh, we'll keep following Isaias as we go through the next few days, but uh, by Wednesday, Isaias is probably not going to be too much of an effect for the U.S. except for northern New England, and uh, we'll certainly have some other things to talk about by then. We do still have something else to talk about today as well, and this relates to a salmonella outbreak that has been uh, reported and is now believed that it could affect all 50 states. Uh, the recent outbreak uh, that has uh, been striking various uh, states, uh, it's primarily apparently linked to one major onion grower in California. They grow the onions and they pack and ship and supply them under a variety of brand names. And I'll go through those in just a bit, but they are recalling all of their onions. Uh, the salmonella outbreak actually has been traced solely to the red onions so far, but because this company does pack other types of onions, white and yellow onions, uh, and sweet yellow onions uh, in the same facilities, uh, the recalls for everything. Uh, and the recall basically includes uh, the brands Thompson Premium, TLC Thompson International, Tender Loving Care, El Competitor, Hartley's Best, Onions 52, Majestic Imperial Fresh, Kroger, Utah Onions, and Food Lion. So be very careful. Uh, pay attention to the announcements. Uh, the groceries are uh, going to be pulling the onions uh, out of the stores, off the shelves, uh, pretty much immediately, uh, given that this company ships all over the country. Uh, this could be a widespread salmonella outbreak. And so it, this begs the question, and I didn't know the answer either, how could salmonella really cling to onions? We're used to hearing a lot about salmonella with fish, with fruit, with meat, uh, chicken. Uh, and how does it get on vegetables? And this is the really kind of interesting thing. I went and looked this up this afternoon. I found a study that was published in 2008 from researchers at the Imperial College of London. And they actually looked at how salmonella bacteria attach themselves to vegetables. Um, salmonella have a very interesting structure. They have these little kind of stringy, 
uh, appendages that are called flagella, F-L-A-G-E-L-L-A. And uh, these flagella apparently uh, <clears throat> can not only move, be used to move around, but they can also be used to cling to a harder surface, like a vegetable leaf, a salad leaf, lettuce, and things like onions. Um, I won't say it acts totally like a suction cup, but it has some similarities in terms of how it's used. And the researchers at the Imperial College found this out by genetically engineering some salmonella bacteria that did not have this flagella. And they observed both the regular salmonella and the uh, genetically engineered salmonella. And it turns out that there's no uh, evidence to support that the genetically engineered salmonella without the flagella uh, stick to anything. They, they, in fact, they have trouble moving around since that's what they use to move around. Uh, so it's really the, these flagella that appear to be the mechanism by which salmonella can stick to vegetables. And this is why we have this great onion outbreak. So uh, something uh, hopefully you find a little bit interesting today on top of the easy ES news. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Daily Bolt. That's it for today's Daily Bolt. I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley. Uh, if you're on the East Coast, uh, make sure you're ready for Isaias over the next couple of days. And if you've got onions, if you're not sure where they came from, maybe you should throw them out. Sorry about that. I like onions too, but it's better to stay safe. And so me telling you to stay safe today is not just about COVID, it's about onions. That's all for now.